When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the urban sports scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and myself, Wole, and we also are part of Empire Media. What's going on, fellas? Nothing much, man. Everything's good. Um, back in the studio. Feels good after two years. You know, um, a lot of fanfare outside. You know, people, you know, stopped, chopped it up with a couple fans, signed a couple autographs, took a couple pictures, man. So it felt good to be back in the studio. Well, really? That's what we're doing? What do you mean, what are we doing? That's, that's, that's what happened. What's good, Ray Jeezy? I'm good. Will, don't take this the wrong way, but your voice sounds pretty good considering what you said prior to the show. So I'm glad to hear that you're healthy and I'm glad to hear that you're in person. Sorry I couldn't be there with you guys. Tonight. It's all good, man. It's all good. Thank you. Well, we're happy to have you on, Ray, man. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we still got a full roster, bro. I, I wish you was in the studio, though. I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we got to get started early, man. Um, Empire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Conn Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders Insider John Conn, and Jones Jones Football, hosted by USA Today Insider Mike Jones. Subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. This show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options in the lo- in local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Amplifier shows as well as other great content. Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene fr- Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. We'll see. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Oh, this is dope, man. We got a special, like, MEAC show. We'll talk with Norfolk State University men's basketball coach Robert Jones. He's also the he's also coach of the year in the MEAC. The MEAC tournament starts this week, and Norfolk State takes all. Excuse me, Norfolk State is the overall one seed. At eight twenty, we'll talk about the Wizards' debut of Christoph Porzingis. Finally, we'll talk with University of Maryland Eastern Shore men's basketball coach Jason Crafton. Uh, UMS is taking on North Carolina Central Thursday. All right, right now we have. Norfolk State University men's basketball coach, and like, and I mentioned the MEAC Coach of the Year, Coach Robert Jones on the line. What's going on, Coach? How you doing? Hey, how you doing, brother? How's everything? Everything's great, man. Everything's great. Appreciate you having on. I know you've been you're having a busy you have a busy you know time. Obviously, the tournament is right down to well, this their game is coming up, and you try and get your boys ready. Yeah, I mean the game is tomorrow, and uh, you know, less than. 
24 hours at this point. So <laughs> just trying to, you know, film, finish up last minute preparation. So get ready to have a good showing, hopefully. Definitely, definitely. So your team is number one in the MEAC with a 12-2 and two conference record and 21-6 and overall. Your team plays Dale State Wednesday, as you mentioned. What's the feeling uh, for your team going into that game? I mean, um, you know, you know, obviously we, we feel confident, but the thing I try to tell the guys is that, one, don't feel overconfident, and two, understand that um, uh, Dell State is really a trap game for us, honestly, man, because, um, you know, their their record is not that great, but they are playing a lot better. They're very close to winning games. They just haven't got over that hump, and we just can't let them get over the hump against us in the MEAC tournament. All right, you are listening to the Urban Sports Scene. Right now we're chatting with Norfolk State University men's basketball coach Robert Jones. Coach Jones, this is Will. Question for you. How do you, you mentioned that this is kind of a trap game for you. How, how do you mentally prepare your team to uh, go against Dell State? Because, you know, you guys are the number one seed. They're the number eight seed. You, you know, you stated that they're playing a little bit better. But your team has pretty much ran through the MEAC for the, for the most part throughout this season. Uh, just pretty much what we're doing right now. Just keep telling them over and over that, you know, you can lose. Um, it's a zero and zero season. You know, some stuff is cliche-ish, but at the same time, a lot of stuff is, uh, you know, very, very true. And, um, you know, understand that right now, everybody has a chance to win the MEAC tournament championship. Yes, we won the regular season championship, and, we, you know, we got the automatic NIT bid in our back pocket and things like that. But right now, everybody has a chance to win the, the, the MEAC tournament to go to the NCAA tournament. So it's a fresh start for everybody, um, and we got to understand that what we've done has is, is been great this year. For the university and for HBCUs, being twenty-one and six, but you know we got to finish the deal right now. All right, coach. You just said that everything at this point is anything you could tell them is pretty much cliche-ish. What's the what's, what's the what's the funniest cliche that kind of co- that you, in your mind that you hear coaches tell players when they once they get to this part of the season? That's a good question. I'm not can't think of anything that's funny, <laughs> but uh, there ain't nothing to laugh about at this point. But I mean. Um, you know, I think this is stuff that people say all the time. You know, like I said, you know, everybody's zero and zero, which is, uh-huh. uh, you know, in a sense true. You know, um, everybody has a chance to win, which is, you know, in a sense true. I mean, you know, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> you know, all those cliches. Uh, you know, I know there, there's uh, obviously uh, we're the, you know, the favorite, and there's other teams that are looked at as uh, dark horses or sleepers and things like that. And it's probably looked at some teams looked at as that they don't have a shot, but. Really, everybody got a shot right now. Everybody I, has a shot. I love a good dark horse um, during this NCAA tournament time. Love it. Love it. You said what a good dark horse? Yeah, dark horse. Whenever, whenever someone uses the term dark horse to describe a team. I love it. <laughs> hey, Coach, I know you business-like, and you always like that. It's not just because it's tournament time. Like, this is how you roll. You're always serious. But last time you was on that show, I'm going to remind you real quick. I'm going to paraphrase you. You took a, a dig at the West Coast Conference. You're like, is Gonzaga? Is, and who else? I'll wait for you. And, shoot, I was stuck in the town like, dang, who does play in that conference? <laughs> and you, were, you were basically saying that to say that the MEAC can become that, that Norfolk can become that, that's uh, Gonzaga. And why I point that out is because now there's more attention on the MEAC. There's more attention on HBCUs, as we saw in the All-Star Weekend. So is there any added pressure with the more attention that HBCU basketball is receiving, or do you view it as an opportunity? Uh, I think it's an opportunity. Um I can't look at it as like more more pressure. I think I put enough pressure on myself, period, just to try to win. So I don't look at it as like more pressure from my standpoint. 
um, you know, at, at, at all. But, um, you know, I do think that, that Norfolk could become like that. And other HBCUs can become like a Gonzaga. Um, it's going to take the funding and things like that because, you know, the thing that I tell people all the time is that uh, when you have winning, of course, you have other suitors that come after you um, and, and try to, you know, get you to leave and, and, and mm-hmm. things like that, you know, and, and um, people do what they want to do. So, it's, you know, uh, there's no there's no knock on, on anybody and, and stuff. And I guess everybody got a price, I guess. So, I mean, but, you know, at the same, at the <laughs> same time, <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, we all do. Whether, whether you want to admit it, whether you want to admit it or not, or not, everybody has a price, Darn you know. Right. But um, <laughs> million dollar man, baby, no. Diaz, yeah, that's right. That's right. Don't ages, man. Don't ages. The thing I do, the thing I do say, and I do challenge um, HBCUs is that you know, uh, like, but people, as we say, but people ask me, you know, when am I going to leave, and you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and I'm like. Why can't the HBCU be the big school? Why we have to go? Why we always have to go to a big, to a, a in quotes a big school? Why can't we make the HBCU a big school? So it's like we gotta have more alumni supporters, administrations that believe in that and want to give the funding to try to make an HBCU the big school instead of having coaches, you know, try to have to leave to like you know live out any dreams or whatever their case is. Hopefully, you know, HBCUs will start seeing the value in. Um, quality uh, basketball, football coaches, mm-hmm. and and you know start. I guess from a financial standpoint, you know paying them accordingly, like like how the big schools do. So now they don't feel like they have to leave uh, to go, um, you know, to a big school. So hopefully we'll see that trend as well because I know there's a lot of uh, funding that's going into HBCUs right now. So the White House just you know gave what they gave like all this money today, two point seven billion dollars to uh, HBCUs and things like that. I know we mm-hmm. got like fifty two million of it, so. Um, you know, nice. hopefully some of that goes, goes into athletics, you know, um, you know, and to, <laughs> to, to build it up to, uh, to be like a, a Gonzaga because, you know, uh, I'll still wait for that, that, the answer for that, for that Gonzaga question. I'll still, I'll still wait for that, <laughs> that answer. Hey, bro, I, I know you got to be politically correct, but I'm still, like I said, I'm trying to push it out to you tonight. Last night, Chattanooga hit like a miracle shot and yes. right away they were projected as a 13 seed. We had a guest who also played HBCU basketball. Was like, I'm sick of HBCUs being the 15 seed and having to play a top seed in the first round. Is your mentality like once we get there, if you get there, of course, it don't matter who we play, or do you feel the same way? Like, look, they got to stop disrespecting us and put us at a seed that's not indicative of a conference that is weak as they try to view the at. Oh no! It matter who you play now. I don't know who says they don't matter who you, who you play. Uh, it matters. Trust me, it matters. You know. The thing I say is that if you're going to put us as a 16, then put us in the first four. And people think that I'm crazy when I say that. And the reason why I say that is because if you're going to put us as a 16, put us in the first four because we know the first four game, who we play, is going to be a like opponent. And then we'll probably be able to get a win, which is going to be great for HBCUs or, or the particular institution that's in that game because mm-hmm. to show that they can beat a PWI. Like, I'd rather do that than you put me as a straight 16. And, you know, for, like I said, for that reason. And, honestly... If you win that game, you get a chance to stay in the tournament a little longer, you know. Exactly. So, and then from a from a school standpoint, you know, they, they get another financial unit, so everybody kind of wins in in that regard. You know, people are like, oh, the first four, the first four, well, the first four is not that bad. I'd rather do that than be a straight sixteen. But at the same time, I do believe that if we're fortunate enough to win this year, I mean, obviously we have to go twenty four and six if we to win it, because I mean, right now there is, there can't be any losing, so we have mm-hmm. to win three more games to be twenty four and six. I do think twenty four and six. Um, will warrant or, or, you know, and whether they do it or not, 
a, a higher seed than 16 or, or, or 15. You know, I think you know you should be looking at like 14 seed and stuff like that because I'm looking at uh, you know a team like UNCWA, which is running. You know, they they having a great year this year, and they got them projected as like a 15, 14. But we beat them this year at their place. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. so. You know, if they're granted a 14 or 15 seed, then why are we, why are we talking about us being in a 16 seed? You know, they, that's when you have to make it make sense. When you when you can't make it make sense with that, then now it's the underlying exactly. tone, you know, with that stuff. Perfect. All right, Coach, I have one question. I'm going to get you out here on this question. Um, there was an yeah. announcement, I think, last month that you'll be the coach in the college basketball all-star game and celebrity extravaganza, I believe, in Ohio on April 23rd. Yeah. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit more about that event? Uh, it's an event that's going to be um, uh, comprised of some HBCU All-Stars, uh, basketball versus the Ohio All-Stars. So it'll be like uh, kids from Ohio State, Bowling Green, you know, all the Ohio uh, institutions versus HBCU kids. And um, I was chose to be the coach of the HBCU All-Star team. So, um, And then I also have, like you said, a celebrity game and um, – I think Vivica, I think Vivica Fox is the coach of that game, oh, if really? I'm not mistaken. What? Yeah. Me? yeah, 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 yeah. Auntie Viv is the coach. Of that game. You know? Sorry, it's a long so, time thirst. I'm sorry, it's a long time thirst. Yeah, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, uh, she's a little older now, though. But I know, right? Auntie Viv is the, and, and I think the girl, I think the rapper, uh, I've got a girl, a little girl named Lele, is a coach too. Um, of that, game. So that, should be, that should be a good, um, you know, celebrity thing. And like I said, it'll be great for the HBCU uh, All Stars to play against them because there'll be some, um, you know, from what they say, some NBA scouts and G League scouts and stuff like that watching that game. So, you know, right now it's all about creating exposure, um, as much exposure as you can get, and that's just another platform to create exposure. And um, you know, I'm, I'm honored to be um, the coach of that of that game because obviously they could have chose, you know, anybody, but they they felt like. Um, you know, I, I warranted to, to that, that selection, and I'm going to go out there and try to do my best to win that game. You know, I told him before, I don't know how to coach an all-star game. I'm too, like you said, I'm too intense to just coach all like just like, hey, you guys go do what you want. <laughs> you know, like, I, so I told exactly. him already, I don't, I don't know how to coach an all-star game, so I'm, I'm trying to go to win. You know, so, you know, if a kid messes up, he might come sit down. I don't, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I know that's you know. right. So, Coach, yeah. real quick before we before we do let you go, I do have like one question about like the tournament and this possible tournament run. If you had to name yeah. a player that you need to step that you need to step up, which is to show out, what play would that have? What, what play would that be for for a big tournament run? Uh, two players right would be neck and neck for us. Uh, it'll be Dana Tate and Tyrese Jenkins. You know, everybody kind of knows about Joe Bryant. You know, he's a player of the year. Uh-huh. You know, gets all this fanfare and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. He, he deserves all of it because he's a good player. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we have Jalen Hawkins, which is the second, you know, second guy. And Banks, Chris Bankston gets a lot of fanfare because he dunks everything. You know, so he gets a lot of hype. But um, really, Dana Tate and Tyree Jenkins are the guys that we really need to step up to be uh, uh, the X factors for us. And if those guys can be the X factors for us, then I think that we can, you know, we, well, well, if those guys can step up and be the X in addition to – uh, Jalen, Joe, and Chris Bankston, um, you know, doing what they normally do, that I think will be a tough out in the tournament. Dope, dope. And also, I mean, I, I would remiss for asking this. Um, how how big was it for you to be named Coach of the Year of the MEAC? Oh, uh, be honest with you, I didn't think I was, I was going to get it. I, think, I mean, I never think I'm going to get it because I think sometimes it's like you're a victim of, of success because, mm-hmm. I mean, I've only got it, I've only got it one time. And, you know, to be personally honest, I think I should have got it more than one time. But, you know, there's, there's always situations like if a team is picked, you know, back when it was 13 teams, a team was picked 10th and they finished, you know, 5th, 
then they get it. But, um, but people don't realize how hard it is to be pick one and then actually finish one because you got people gunning at you all year. And I think this year, you know, we have four starters out. Um, not well, four starters that we lost from last year, and to still be finished up number one, which is was was a great feat, and I'm and I'm and I'm honored that um my fellow coaches and SIDs and stuff like that um chose me to be coach of the year. That's well deserved, and personally, I hope you do stay in the MIAC. I hope you stay at Norfolk State because I think you're building something special, and it's just cool to have a coach of your caliber coaching the HBCU. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, uh, uh, our president AD listening to the to the podcast too. We see what happens. He better. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do, we'll do you even one better? We'll find him on Twitter and we're at him. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Cool. We appreciate you. Is there anything you want to add before you uh, dip out? No, that's that's it, man. Uh-huh. Just uh, you know, hopefully we can have a good tournament run. It's going to be tough. The MIAC is a lot well balanced this year. I mean, a lot more well balanced. Um, you know, it's, it's also rated like pretty high in the in the in the in the um, you know like the overall conference rankings. And sometimes it's rated like the next to last or last. And this year, I think we're like you know it's like four four conferences below us this year. So that's a credit to everybody in the conference, not just myself at Norfolk State. That's a credit to all programs that have stepped up and um, you know raised their uh, level of of uh, coaching and players and all that great stuff. So it's going to be a war, and um, hopefully we can come out on top of the war. Hopefully so. Thank you. Thank you so much, Coach. All right, no problem. Awesome. That is, again, that's MEAC, Coach of the Year, Coach for Norfolk State University, Coach Robert Jones, man. Dope, man. That was dope. Great interview. And he also gave me a cliche. It's going to be a war. It's going to be a war? Yep. The NCAA tournament, you hear coaches, a lot of coaches and and fans say it's going to be a war. It's always going to be a war. It's a war. I mean, It's hard out here, man. It's hard in these streets, bro. I mean, it is. I mean, it's harder in other places. But... (laughs) But it's like, if you think about it, in the tournament, especially in the MEACs, right, in some of these, lower, these other these conferences, like, you can be this great to 21-6 to six overall, like 12-2 and two in the conference, and, like, you literally pretty much have to win the tournament. Yeah, I mean. Which is kind of jacked up to me. But it's a it is, thing. it is, it is. I'm saying. Thoughts, Ray Jeezy? I just want to be real and just say I'm rooting for Norfolk. I feel like they got the most complete team. They got the most experience. And they can make the most noise in the tournament. While I love a number of coaches and programs, of course, including my alma mater, yeah. I think Norfolk has a chance to really make a dent. At a time where HBCUs are under a spotlight, a microscope, mm-hmm. it would be the perfect storm to watch them dudes make a run like a George Mason type run. I'm not even talking about, you know, like a fluke first round win, they get blown out the second round. I'm talking about a legitimate run to where they, they really capture the attention of the nation. There's nothing better than NCAA tournament. And to see HBCU shine would just be amazing. I think Norfolk has the best chance. So I'm rooting for, for Coach Jones. I know we're going to have another coach on tonight, but still, I'm, I'm keeping it 100. I feel you, bro. I feel you. But all right, we're about to talk about the NBA real quick. Uh, is, I mean, you know, the Wizards got the unicorn. That's Will's dude from, from uh, New York. He's no longer my dude. <laughs> but he had his Wizards Washington debut. Um, is he the answer for the Washington Wizards? We'll discuss this after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Saying. For ages. Yeti. Deuces. On Empire Media. That's AmpireMedia.com. Sounds like a commercial. <laughs> Southern University. What's up with y'all? Alabama State. Damn you. Clock Atlanta. Good to be back. Uh, 
I shake your money maker. Don't let that money maker. I shake that money maker. Don't let that money maker. Oh, shake your money maker. Don't let that money maker. I shake that money maker. Don't let that money maker. Yeah, I shake that money maker. Don't let that money maker. You know I accommodate you. Can I accommodate you? I make you. I know you're home lately. I turn your curly hair into that bone straightening. I make you moan, baby. It feel right, don't it? I know I'm wrong, baby. That pheromone fragrance. Can't miss no car payments. I kiss her earlobe. Like what you doing later? The bucket alligator. Them lanes agitator. I'm talking natural beauty. No makeup applicator. She say I killed the... I seen the affidavit. She blew my cap off. Like I had graduated, the roof decapitated, the booth contaminated. Hey, check my face card, I bet it's laminated. My jewelry carbonated, my yard a hundred acres. I like to nominate you, to roll my dice in Vegas. I shake your money maker, don't let that money maker. I shake that money maker, don't let that money maker. Oh, shake your money maker, don't let that money maker. I shake that money maker, don't let that money maker, baby. Let go. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and myself, Wole. We are also part of Ampire Media at AmpireMedia.com. Alright, in his Washington Wizards debut against the Pacers, Kristaps Przingis dropped 25 points in only 21 minutes. The Wizards won 133-123. to 123. What did you think of Przingis' Uh, debut. Um, it was an impressive debut. Uh-huh. Um, I'll say that. You know, he's he was coming off of the uh, bone contusion in his knee, um, so there was some question about his ability to be, you know, just to be able to get up and down the court, and uh-huh. would he have that athletic ability that he had, that he, you know, displayed glances of in Dallas and uh-huh. New York. Um, he definitely seems like he's a guy who, well, look, regardless of how it ended in New York, um, <laughs> and my somewhat bitterness about it. Um, Christoph Porzingis is a guy who's a piece that you can, if you have, you know, if you have the right infrastructure, meaning the right um, talent evaluators and the right GM slash president making the right trades to bring in the right guys, he's definitely one of those guys, like top two or three guys that you could build around and your team could be successful long term. So um, I'm taking a wait and see approach with this, um, with anything with regards to the Wizards, but um, he's off to a promising start, and I think Washington fans. You know, over these last, what is it, like 20-some-odd games? Yes. You know, if he continues to put up these type of numbers, you should be – we, we should be, because I'm, I'm a Wizards fan also. We should be excited. I you are a Wizards fan, too. Yeah, we should be, we should be excited um, heading into next year. Ray? You the man, you the man. Yes, sir, <laughs> that's the reason you're a Wizards fan. I appreciate that, Will, because my thought process is it goes like this. The old T.I. song, Wole, when T.I. was really popping back – this is like 03 to 06. He had a song called Motivation, right? And, and, and we know that Chris Porzingis is motivated at this point. He was not happy in Dallas. That was a report. And as a result, kind of like Ben Simmons, he just wasn't giving his all because mentally he wasn't there. So now you bring him to Washington, give him a fresh start. And also, he knows he's going to be featured. No Brad, his eyes lit up when he got on that court. And it showed and how well he produced in such a short period of time on the court. 
And that's what you need in today's NBA, in my opinion, is you need a big that can score and, and be versatile and play defense. And I think he can bring all those things to the table, especially when what motivated. So excited about what he can do. But overall, I think it's going to be an interesting summer based on the fact that Brad is just dropping those sense that he's ready to, to take that money. And I don't know how well you can build around those two. But Porzingis is going to be a good fit here just based on what I said. He's glad to have a new start. And this team has embraced them because this team also needed a change midseason for a young head coach and a roster that is brand new playing together. Let me ask you this, Ray. You you said when motivated, right? Does that concern you? Let me. I'm ask you this also, Wole. Does that concern you that a guy that talented, uber talented, came in and he decided, okay, I'm ready to play hard. And I'm ready to play, and I'm ready to play hard now. And this is a guy that you want to build around your team going forward. Does that give you concern to both of you? It's annoying to me because James Harden did the same thing. He's a completely different dude now playing in Philly. Just like in his last days in Houston, he, he wasn't playing hard. Um, in the NFL, Randy Moss did it. Guys at, at this level, they're going to express their feelings. They're going to express when they're not happy. And unfortunately, they're entitled because of their contracts and because of the way the league is structured. So this is the nature of the league. While it's frustrating, I think that it's across the board. So, no, I'm not too concerned about it. Um, I'm not that concerned about it. I just feel like, I mean, he's the individual that needs, he needs to be, he needs to feel like he's, he's valuable, right? That's what it is. And in in Dallas, it's all about Luca. So it's a little different. Um, in New York, it was, when he was playing well, it became all about him, right? Like he was like the unicorn. I think Melo was, went, did Melo go down and he started taking off? I mean, he 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 was flourishing while Melo was, was there. there. Yeah. yeah, just that he needed that he needed he he likes the he likes the attention of being the guy. I think I think when Brad is when Brad is, since Brad is out, it's it's probably a blessing for him just to get acclimated. I'm interested to know when Brad gets healthy, how is he going to try to he's going to keep the same if he if he's healthy and plays the way he played in his debut, could he keep that up if Brad when Brad is back? That's well, you, my thing because I I think he has the ability um, and when healthy to be. One of the better NBA players in the game. Not call, I'm not gonna call him a superstar, but he's one of the better NBA players in the game because I think what you mentioned earlier, right, is that you know a lot of people when they look at basketball players, they just look at scoring, right? But if you look at Porzingis, he's not just a scorer; he gets rebounds, he blocks shots. He's always when he help, when healthy, uh, he's a top ten shot blocker. So defensively, he's a good defender as a big. So he brings so much to the table when he's healthy. It's just about. It's about feeling confident enough to just play his game and not worry about, all right, I'm not the guy. I shouldn't be taking this shot. I should be deferring to this person. Because if you looked at him in Dallas, it was like he was confused about when he should defer to Luka or when he should do his own thing. Well, you you hit on something that I wanted to ask both of you guys. Um, How do you think he will mesh with Bradley Bill when Brad comes back healthy next year? Ray, you want to tackle that first? I'll go first. It all depends on the coaching. And I say that, and I, and I mean that, because as we saw Brooks, he gave Brad the keys. Right now, after seeing Dinwiddie's comments about how Brad, Ted, and Tommy brought me in, Brad has too much pull over there. Mm-hmm. So if Brad, who, even though I don't trust what he says anymore, because I believe he, of course, contributed to Wall even, I, I think that he didn't like Dinwiddie and the role that he was playing. He didn't want him scoring as much, even though he said, no, nah, I 100% vouch for him. So I think Brad 
it's going to be up to, is he ready to be a leader of a team that plays good team basketball, or does he just want to simply be the guy that pads his numbers, gets the accolades, gets the money, or do you actually want to win? And do you want to utilize, as we just said, this versatile talent? It's all up to how much pull he's given. Really, he could become James Harden where he could want out if he gets pushed back from Unsell, which I hope Unsell will take more of a leadership role and say, all right, Brad, this is my team, dude. We're going to win. And we're going to win playing defense, and we're going to do it playing as a team on offense. I mean, can, can it, should it fit? It should, it should fit. Um, because he's a piece of – for his English, it's so versatile in terms of the way he can score the basketball. I mean, he can shoot from the outside. So Brad wanted to go ISO and kind of have the whole – you know, have the spacing and to go ISO and go one-on-one and then – find a Porzingis in the corner or something, it can work. Um, but the, the question is, it's not about, you know, working on putting up points, but working to be, to, to win games. I think we all get fixated on 30 and this, that, and the other. But it won't be predicated on Porzingis because he won't be the face of the team, right? It'll be Brad. Brad's the face of the team. So it'll be predicated on if Brad's going to play a particular style of basketball one, as a leader, to be welcoming of Porzingis to kind of be comfortable and acclimated and feel comfortable to shoot the basketball when he needs to shoot the basketball and score when he needs to score the basketball if he's rolling. Secondly, if he's um, if Brad is able to you know play that role that we saw like the you know if you're a two guard right you're scoring two guard and a thirty plus two guard because you can score the basketball. Take the role of how Kobe Mac Michael Jordan used to do it like the beginning of the game. It was all about what getting your teammates involved, right? Mm-hmm. That was like the first quarter. Jordan purposely tried to get Bill Cartwright involved. Kobe purposely tried to, once he under, once Kobe played a particular role in him, was like, all right, he was comfortable in this getting comfortable and dominating. He tried to get other individuals off in the first quarter, and then he would take off second quarter and so on. So it's about, that's the thing where Brad is going to have to realize if playing with a Porzingis or just, you know, being a better, being a better basketball player as a scorer is that, all right, let me try to get my teammates off in this first quarter so they can have that, you know, confidence going, you know, going in quarter two, quarter three, quarter four, because I know I'm going to get mine. And for a player like Porzingis that we already talked about, he's a guy that needs to feel like he's involved. He needs to feel like he's scoring the basketball. He needs to feel like he's doing something. If Brad can, get, if Brad can have that thought process, okay, let me get the unicorn going early, then I think as a team we'll be all right. I think that you should take your own advice with getting me involved in the show. Like, I'm the unicorn. Get me involved early. <laughs> feed me the rock. And then I'll be more engaged and I'll be able to do my um, station identifications on time okay. like I'm about to do right now. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene um, on Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. All right. Well, there you go. Good read. Don't you enjoy the next course question? Well, I asked that question. So, <laughs> technically, so technically, it bounced back to you. So, you know, oh, I'm, I'm letting you... You know, do your thing because I'm like the unicorn. I got my shots off early, gotcha. so now you can go. Got your shot. Pause. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So if all right, let's say so if Prozingis is healthy and you know healthy, and Bill is healthy, two you know two players. Who's the better player? Ray, Ray, I'm starting with you. Who's the better player? Yeah, you actually got trolled on Twitter by some. I know. I saw some. Way, I saw some like, stupid joint. But, but I saw that's that like too. that's like a, a weird page. But <laughs> I know, right? You, I why I didn't respond. Media, I didn't know uh, he was like some devil worshiper or something. I didn't know what. What, it, what, what was it? What, what did they know. say? Do you believe in? They say yeah. something about God. Did he say something? Do you have? A, he, no, he he said he said something about. Uh, you need God because you he was trying God. to basically say like it's not even a, it's not even a discussion between Bradley Bill and. Chris Stas Porzingis. That's that's essentially what I interpreted. He was yeah, saying, like, yes. dude, this is a dumb question. You know, Brad is the man. Yeah. But 
It's not a bad question because, like you just mentioned, I was thinking exactly what you were talking about. When these great duos teamed up, big men and, and guards like a Kobe and Shaq, mm-hmm. dude, when they paired well and, and when they played off each other, you saw some extra special things happening on a basketball court. So if I believe if you revolve or build your offense and it revolves around Chris Stapps, I think that would be amazing. And Brad will benefit from, again, just his versatility, his ability to find the open guy and his ability to shoot from the outside. Yeah. You see right now, Joel Embiid is loving life with Harden. <laughs> Chris Stapps can do the same thing. Chris Stapps is a pretty good perimeter shooter, just like Joel Embiid is. So it can work. Absolutely. Again, it, it, it's all up to coaching and what Brad is, is willing to, to sacrifice and making it work with a guy that's just as high caliber. But I do think Brad is the more talented guy, honestly. Talented scoring. He, he right. elevates, yeah, he elevates his game every year. I'm just saying he elevated his ball handling, yeah. um, even his, 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 his long shot. Um, his ability to find an open man defensively, he plays well in spurts. You know, we didn't see that when he first arrived to the league, and and he's 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 teachable. I think that he's definitely developed uh, some form of ego, which comes with the territory of being yeah. the guy because he he develops into that because he's the defer to wall, which means he's able to defer. Yeah. But now again, it's it's ownership that gave him the keys, and I I believe that he knows he's the guy, and he is arguably the most talented on the team, but the most versatile might be Kristaps. So depends on what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean. So, this is one or my question, my answer to the people who think it's a dumb question. I think people are the problem with individuals is that they're so into the present and they forget. And the question was, is when healthy, right? So, in his, if you watch Porzingis when he's with the Knicks, when he was on that run, when healthy, he was special. He was special. Like I think people forget, like the dude was special. He just wasn't an average player. You're seeing him from the Dallas Mavericks perspective, and he was like, like I mentioned, wasn't healthy. But when healthy, that Porzingis is a bad dude. And and, and to me, when you when you score twenty plus, you your top five, your top ten in re, um, block shots, top ten in rebounding. I mean, I'm a top tier rebounding. I won't say top ten, top tier rebounding. Yo, that's that's special stuff compared to a dude. And, and no knock on Brad because I'm like you, Ray. Brad is like thirty point score. His ball handling got better. You know, I think he's play, he plays good defense, to be honest with you. I think he plays good defense when he sets his mind to it. But I still think to, in today's NBA, he plays good defense. Um, but I, I, I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying that people forget that what Porzingis is when he's healthy. No, and you, you, you said it right, when healthy, right? When, when he's healthy, he, he, he possesses a skill set that isn't easily duplicated, it's, right? Yeah. He's like seven, he's like seven two, mm-hmm. can shoot threes. Yeah. Can um is not afraid to mix it up and get physical. When yeah. you think of, you know, most European players, a lot of who are you know who have his frame, you think they're soft. But mm-hmm. he's not one of those guys. He'll go to the block. He'll get nasty, and he can he'll stretch. He can take if you if a team decides to match up with him with their more athletic four or five, who's a shot blocker, he can take that guy away from the basket mm-hmm. and he creates lanes on the opposite side for Bradley Bill to get to the basket and also for um, Kyle Kuzma. So I, I don't think it – I think, you know, anyone who was trying to troll you, they didn't necessarily interpret and read the question correctly. Mm-hmm. He said when healthy because when healthy he's unique and that's why people refer to – they used to refer to him as the unicorn. Yeah, some people don't watch basketball now. That's all they, all they see is what in the current. But if you again, like Will said, if you read when healthy, like the unicorn is a, is a bad dude. But to Ray's point, though, I think it's a if 
It's not wrong if you run your offense through through Porzingis. You could have like you could have a, a you could have a, a, a nice a, a nice team, a nice squad. That's why I think that there's a chance that the Wizards can make the postseason and you know and make a make a run at being a, a decent team. Maybe get out of the playing game with the Porzingis. You what you think? Right, they can get out of the. Uh, they can make it into the out of the playing game. They have to make it to the playing game first. I mean, you know. Uh, <laughs> could they make it out of the playing game? So let me think. You know because right now the way the way the standings are currently constructed, you got Brooklyn who will be in the playoff and that playing mix. And I don't think that's a matchup that they want. I don't care if Chris Stapps is there or not. <laughs> um, but Kyle Kuzma has played so well sure defensively has. with Chris Stapps, KCP, and Kyle Kuzma, that's pretty daggone good. I like bringing Saddle back. I think he is somebody that doesn't turn the ball over. So, yeah, I think that they could be competitive. I don't see them coming out to play in, though, unfortunately, at this juncture with uh, Chris Stapps still kind of adjusting to this new situation in Washington. All right, so on to Ray mentioned some of the tweets on Twitter. The homie Cameron said mm-hmm. about uh, Bill and Chris Stapps, he said both. That's a, that's a perfect combo. It's just like Wall and Gortat. But more lethal. I don't know. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know, about, about nah, I know about that. No, I don't know about that. I mean, Walker, John, John oh, he, Wall he's, was he's more excited. of a facility. Yeah, I, I mean, I I understand his excitement. I mean, yeah. I'm his enthusiasm. But John Wall was a facilitator yeah. first. Bradley Bill isn't that. Bradley Bill is a scorer first. He, oh, you talk about health now. When John Wall is healthy, John <laughs> Wall is the top ten player in the league for real. For real. Like a young, a young, healthy John Wall. For real. He's like twenty five and ten. In his sleep, and we'll dunk on you. So, oh, I, I agree. A healthy John Wall is the top ten player. I agree with you. Um, mm-hmm. uh, on on uh, Twitter as well, um, at free underscore thinking one says Bill more accomplished in every regard. I agree with that. Nothing wrong with that. Accolades do matter too. All right, just look at that. Just repeated right, that. <laughs> real quick, real quick. My question about that is though, but all right. So, how many? What makes you that type of player in terms of consistency? So, how many years of Bill has Bill really had? I'm trying to think about off the head of, of, of straight dominance. Dominance, I, I, mean, I, I, I mean, as the guy. I guess, yeah, I guess as the guy. I'm gonna say this: oh, yeah, dominance wait. as the guy. All right, yes. Okay. How many? Dom- years? I, I, so I wouldn't say dominance, right? right I, I think dominance. Scoring, is a, prolific yes, scoring. it's been a prolific score. Right. I, I would say the past, absolutely, the past three years. Three years. Past three okay. years. All right. Three years, right, Ray? You say three years? Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. Um, in terms of him being a, a just a, I don't know, the second guy. I mean, he's had you know many years where he's played really good basketball. Um, but these last three, I mean, he made All NBA. He's made a few All Star appearances. Yeah. Uh, led, was second three. in scoring. If it weren't if it weren't for Steph having a point to prove, he would have gagged on. Uh, <laughs> been the, he'd have won the scoring title. So. Yeah. Yeah, three years is a good number, I think. Yeah. I was, you know, it's because it's interesting. I mean, and also this is the thing, and in, in, in terms of like we talk about the comparison injuries, like, like Brad, mm. this injuries things with this injury thing thing with Brad ain't no joke. Like it's consistent. You know, a lot of people try to sweep it under the rug, but it's very consistent. That's a problem too. They talk about Porzingis, yeah. that's a problem too. Early in his career, it was it was worse. I I do believe again, just like he's worked on his game. He works on his body. Uh, he works out with Drew Hamlin in the summertime. And you see a difference. There are times where 
his weight did go up. He said that was due to his girl or his wife being pregnant. <laughs> but uh, he always comes to camp in shape. He always comes to camp in shape. And I think that it plays a role in how you treat your body um, and how, how you maintain and, and hold up during a long, grueling season. You know, examples out there like Anthony Davis, to me, he hasn't done as well taking care of his body oh over God, the past horrible, few man. seasons. So horrible, this horrible. is why I think he's had more injuries, although he's had some un- unfortunate luck. And Dwight Howard, remember how just muscular he was early in his career when he kind of got derailed in his focus and he was struggling with, with the Kobe dynamic and then the Harden dynamic. You know, you saw him lose muscle mass and he just wasn't the same guy. He, he was injured. So taking care of your body is significant. And Brad does that, I think, very well. And he's done that better over the years. But he has been often injured, too. Not as much as Porzingis, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know what I mean? Speaking to Dwight Howard, you know, I was, I was in L.A., we you were, that, you were, LA. you were in LA this week, uh, yeah, this past LA, weekend. Yeah, you saw LBJ. I saw right? LBJ. Yeah, yeah. put up fifty six. I was there in the Warriors. You know, Warriors LA game doing big things. You know, the air when I came back on this side of town, the air was kind of different. I felt, I felt non elitist. Um, you know, <laughs> wasn't in my best life when I was on this side of town. Um, from you know, PA and, to LA, you were from like off the map to. Hey, I'm relevant. Matt Stafford was good, baby. I'm yeah, I was like basically, yeah, man. And Call I was this close day. to Magic Johnson. Like, I got a picture of the back of his head. You got a picture of the back because of his head. Because he was on the, he was on the floor, you know, doing the – you saw that, you know, he was criticizing Westbrook. I was like right there. Oh, you were? Yeah, but I couldn't why didn't give, you? Why didn't you – He couldn't turn around. That man said I got a picture of the back of his head. Yeah, hey, Paul, we'll yeah, Paul. Yeah, that, yeah, back of his head. That's, that's, that, I, that's I, that Hulk Hogan stuff. Yeah, go ahead, bro. You got to go there. This is supposed to be a show of love. This is a situation of love right it now, is, man. man. I tell Why my you won't go on me right now, right? It's messed up, bro. I tell my son about that all the time, man. I'm like, dude, you know wrestling's fake. But Wole didn't. He wrote a letter. He was really concerned about the well-being of Hulk Hogan. Back like, wow. <laughs> He's really a fan. So he, he respects you for that. So people look up to you, bro. It, it, it is love. Yeah, from, I appreciate you, man, on your backhanded compliment. What, um, what, what else did you do in L.A.? Um, if, you mind, if you don't mind going into it. Let's see. Um... What, you, I, what did you eat? Uh, dude, bro. Uh, you went to In-N-Out? I went into... No, nah, I didn't do that. I went into um, like this. <laughs> so me, me and my brother tried to sneak into this uh, bar that we had Robert Ory and Michael Cooper. Mm-hmm. Like we did... My, my brother was telling you that I, I, I effed up the church's money, but it really wasn't. Because I thought he was like... He waved me in. Like, hey, come on, come on, let's go, let's go. And I'm thinking that he got us in. Like we just got in off some sneak stuff type stuff. So then he then he's like... He's like, yo, put your hands in your pocket. What are you, what are you talking about? Like I don't know what you're talking about. Because they supposed to have a wristband. Oh, in. got you. So I put my hand in my pocket, not know. I'm like, oh, fool, you ain't thinking like you ain't sneak sneakers in, right? So then he was. I'm thinking like we gonna walk towards the back to sneak in, like and be cool. But he just had me stay like going to the wrong side, and the lady who was managing the whole thing was right on his shoulder. And he was like, yeah, she's staring at me. I was like, bro, it's too late now. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, dude, you got a wristband. Are you supposed to be here? This is a private party. I was like, my brother's like. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, we can just... Yeah, I'm sorry. Come on. We got confused. <laughs> I played it off. But, yeah. Did you say, I'm African? I don't know. I know. I could have said I was a prince. You could have said... Maybe you, I would have said that. that, man. It would have been good. But, anyway, man. We'll talk about me later. Remember, whenever man. you go out of town, always carry the flowers like in Coming to America and... I feel you, man. I told down, you, man. You got African roots. Like, you <laughs> anyway, hey, more, more me at talk. We'll have you on yes, Ben's basketball coach, Jason Crafton, on the show after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Team. For ages. You dig? Deuces on Empire Media. EmpireMedia.com. Come on. 
have and you can bet that Hit him where the chest at, hit him where the neck at Show me where the rest at They in the same building, living like a mess pack Four miles from where the deck at Bet that, shout if you and me gon' ride Over to the other side, tiny these motherfuckers die First make a prank call and get the kids out the house Ain't tryna kill no kids, I'ma turn it lights out Listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and myself, Wole. Ray. It's always my task. <laughs> it's a task that I love to do, baby, introducing our guests on the show. And our next guest coaching resume spans nearly two decades, which began at Villanova University, where this individual served as a video coordinator for two seasons under head coach Jay Wright. It was during this time where our guests would provide mentorship to two future NBA guards, an all-star and NBA champion Kyle Lowry and former NBA guard Randy Boyd. His coaching career would then bring him right here to the DMV area where he served as an assistant as well as associate head coach at the U.S. Naval Academy. During his stint at Navy, our guests would continue to aid the development of many talented players and was said to be instrumental and the growth of 2008 Patriot, Patriot League Player of the Year, Greg Spink, and future pro baller, J.J. Avila. Our guest coaching journey will ultimately land him at Nyack College, which was extra special as this individual is a proud graduate as well as a former member of the Nyack College basketball squad where he played for four years and served as team captain. Our guest is credited with turning around the Nyack program, which posted a 1-26 record the season prior to his arrival, but more than doubled their conference wins during our guest's 10 years. Our guest experience also includes coaching the Delaware Blue Coats of the NBA G League. He's currently the head coach of the Fighting Hawks of the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. And as a UMES graduate of 2003, I'm proud to welcome to the urban sports scene, Mr. Jason Crafton. Welcome, brother. Fellas, fellas, what's going on? Urban sports scene, happy to be on the show. It's me at conference tournament time. So the yes, squad sir. is ready. I'm ready. Appreciate the, the, the intro, man. I, I, man, you're making me feel old as we go through. <laughs> we go through all those years. Hey, we the same age, man. Listen, I know. Don't do I that. Yeah, I know. Don't say old. Oh, we are the same so, We are seasoned. We, we're seasoned vets, my man. Hey, listen. Hey, congratulations. I couldn't even name everything. I wish I could have gave you more of an introduction, but, you know, time is sensitive, and we know you got, we, we got a, a big tournament coming up this weekend. You got to get to it. Definitely. So, uh, just speaking of the tournament, man, uh, this week – you know, the MIAC tournament's going down. You're taking on UNC, um, UNC Central. Uh, UMES uh, finished the season winning three out of four games, so you was doing some big things. Uh, what's the vibe um, of the team going into the MIAC tournament? You know what? I think we're confident. You know, I think that our guys have expectations to, 
to to actually get something done in this tournament. And I think that, you know, for all the people that have, that have been around Mount Anderson Shore basketball, that's not something that, that's been real, you know, um, in the past, you know. But so you true. look at what we've done in this, in this conference season and, and throughout know. the year, we've been very, we've been yeah, we very competitive. <laughs> we've been very competitive. So, um, for, for, for our guys right now, they have expectations. And, um, and, and we have expectations as a program. And I believe we haven't played our best basketball yet. So we played some good basketball, but we haven't played our best basketball. And I think the, the league has seen that, not just within league, but also outside of the league and some and competitive non-conference games that we've won and, and also competed in. So um, we're here taking one game at a time, but we feel like we got enough juice here to, to try to make a run at this thing. So, Coach, would you say, like, you know, you, you played, like, UConn pretty tough in, in the season uh, would you say like a team playing a team like that gives you even additional confidence in this tournament? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily that, or you know, I, I think when you come to the MEAC tournament, you know, and the MEAC does a great job with this because a lot of schools at our level, mm-hmm. the conference tournaments played at the higher seeds uh, gym. Mm-hmm. So you know, when you come to the MEAC, so you get thirty minutes to go shoot around on game day at the scope. So mm-hmm. when, when you played at UConn in that type of facility, that type of arena. And you played some of those big money games, you know, that we played in the non-conference and been competitive. That kind of prepares you just for the atmosphere that you're going to see. Gotcha. Not necessarily opponent, but just kind of playing in those type of facilities. That the depth perception is different when you shoot the basketball. That <laughs> having a hey, having an ice a ice ring under you, so uh-huh. they've already been in those scenarios where it's cold and you know all that type of stuff. So I think it's less about the opponents that we play, more about the venues. Uh, absolutely, and. You all defeated uh, UNC Central in February. The score was 79-66. So how confident is your squad coming into this game where you just said the mindset, like, this is a brand-new season, basically, because one loss and you out? What's, what's your squad's focus level and, and how are you preparing them for this game? Yeah, you know, we've been taking it one day at a time, and, and we kind of broke this down. We, we played our last game of the regular season on Thursday. We broke it down to phases, and phase one for us was the – kind of take a step back. We gave them two days to kind of catch their breath, kind of relax their bodies. You know, coach has been on them all season, you know, and just kind of <laughs> give them a chance to recover a little bit. And that was phase one. Let's recover. You know, it's been a grind this year. We've had some competitive games. Uh, first time in a long time, Manly Shashore has been in battles like nightly, you know, <laughs> like, like, absolutely. You know? yes. And there's a lot of physical and mental wear and tear that comes from that. So um, we wanted to do that. Phase two was then we wanted to really tighten up our skills. So we got some extra skill instruction in and had a couple of days of just getting some skill workouts and really just working with the bigs, tightening up some footwork and some things schematically with our guards, getting some extra shots and just gaining some confidence on some things in that level. And then we wanted to tighten up our execution on offense and defense. We worked on some of that today. And then tomorrow we'll start preparing for, for North Carolina Central, which is a common opponent. So that's really where our mindset's been. It's been less about Central, more about us. Coach, mm-hmm. Coach, this is Will. Pleasure to meet you, by the way. What's going on, Will? He went to Morgan. I went, I'm a Morgan State alumni. Morgan. I'm a Morgan State <laughs> alumni. My, my, brother, my brothers went to UMES. I went to Morgan. Um, but, I, you know, it, all, um, HBC, all HBCU, especially MEAC um, uh, conference um, basketball and football teams, I, I gladly support. So, but I do, you, you gave out a very impressive plan of how you've gotten to, gotten, you know, have you transitioned from the regular season to, into the, um, the tournament confidence, you know, from a preparation and a mindset. Let me ask you this. What are, what, what two players do you need to take that next, not take that next step necessarily, but for them to 
well, I will say for lack of a better term, take that next step for you guys to advance all the way through the tournament. You know what's interesting about postseason is it always ends up being somebody that you never thought. You know, like it always, uh-huh. you know, the usual suspects for us are, you know, the guys that you've seen, you know, Nate Pollard's all-defensive team for us. He's been a big-time double-double guy for us multiple times during the season. Uh, Sean Phillip is an all-MEAC player for the second time. Um, you, you know, he's been big for us. Chase Davis has been an all rookie mm-hmm. player. Uh, Kevon Boyle's local Bayside player of the year a few years ago has really grown as a player. So those guys have been big for us all season. Zion Styles, our second-week scorer, Dom London. We've kind of got six or seven guys that have been really key components to the season. So really, to me, it's not really about the guys that have been the feature guys. I'm really looking for somebody, a wild card guy, to step up and, and do something that they haven't done in the regular season. Um, especially now we've been dealing with some, some injuries and different things like that. So I'm looking for somebody to come off the bench and, and maybe be a spark and, and have a stat line. You're like, wow, who's that guy? What's he doing? You know, in our senior night, Mayowa Akinsanya came out and made some huge plays. 50% from the free throw line during the season goes four for four down the stretch and makes some big time catch and finish plays. Uh, you know, and, and, and scores above his average. You know, like those are the type of guys you're looking for. Someone off the bench that in a key moment can just come in and, and make some big plays. That always seems to, to be the, the key factor in March. You're listening to the Urban Sports Team. Right now we are chatting with University of Maryland Eastern Shore men's basketball coach, uh, Jason Crafton. And you just mentioned one name, of course, that stood out to me, and that's Chase Davis. Hey, you know where he's from. He's from right here in PG County, the DMV. So we got to represent. But also, we had his team Durant coach on our show two weeks ago, and he's just raving about his freshman year. Speak to his talent level and what's his potential uh, under your under your tutelage at UMS. You know, first off, I got to shout out his brother uh, Steph, and, and uh, you know he he actually put me on to Chase, and I knew his, his older brother from back when I was a Division two head coach. Uh, so I, I met Chase for the first time. Chase might have been like eight years old. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So it's just been a joy. I've known his family for a long time. We're familiar with each other. So it was an easy recruit for us in terms of just like the familiarity with each other. And his brother was already like, Hey, I think he'd be a great player for you. He knew my coaching style, um, and, and everything. So it was, uh, I mean, it, it's just been a pleasure coaching him. He's a tough, hard nosed kid that it just works. And he's really now added some IQ to his game. And that was the biggest thing we talked to his high school coach about, his AU people about, his family about was just raising his IQ. So where he's benefited most from his college experience is just taking advantage of film sessions and just kind of becoming a student of the game. Now he's added some change of pace to his game and, and being able to stop his body, control his body and, and make good reads. He, he came in as a guy that could score the ball. Now he's a guy that can not just score the ball, but he can also make the right reads on offense and, and that's that's that that's been his growth as a freshman. Um, the six threes he made last game against Central, I'm sure they're very aware of that. So he'll, he'll have a lot of ball pressure on him. Um, he's grown as a jump shooter, but just can't say enough. The, the kid just works every single day. Great kid, and uh, happy to have him on our side. Awesome. I have a, actually have a kid that I coached. Um, he's in the. So look, look, look at me. I'm trying to plug. I'm trying to plug this kid. He went to he went to visit UMES actually. Named Fonnie Lewis. He's actually in the state championship okay. game. Well, like semis. <laughs> he's a point guard for Eleanor Roosevelt High School, so he's already vote. He's already visited Eastern Shore. I'm trying to get him to go there. Um, okay, the let's do it. Let's do it. Well, Roosevelt's always got some tough players, man. So 
If he's a Roosevelt player, we know he's tough. Yeah, he's tough. Fonny tough. Fonny is tough. I won't even lie. I'm no not saying that because I coach the kid. But if I didn't coach the kid, I would say this. <laughs> no question. Good shameless stuff. plug. Don't say shameless <laughs> plug. Fonny's like that. Don't say it's not oh. a shameless plug. No, it's a shameless Co- plug because you coach. For, I've known Coach O'Connell over there for a while. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. He does a great job with those guys and. Um, I go way back with that Roosevelt program, back to when Glenn Farello was there when I was Ooh. in the Naval Academy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Coach, we have had some talented guys in UMS history. I know sometimes UMS basketball gets clowned, but you know what? That's all we've had all these years. We didn't have a football team. I know. Don't do his right. <laughs> uh, Maryland State College in, like, 1970-something. So all we've had is basketball. We've had some guys who got some NBA looks. So it's not impossible what you're trying to do. And I haven't been back on campus since. Probably like 05, so you got to bring me back. But I'm, I'm rooting for you guys, and I'm, I'm hoping that you will be able to tap into the recruitment in this area, which, like I said, the DMV, D.C., um, of course, Maryland, Virginia, because it is a wealth of talent. And you see that the spotlight on HBCUs is growing. Um, I believe that, you know, you can get some talent there. And, and the school and the alumni, the students will all rally behind you. So, you know, I'm rooting for you. My heart is there. Is there anything you want to add before you leave about just what you're building into, you know, just your thoughts going into the MEAC tournament? Yeah, I mean, just in terms of I know that the UMEX has always got knocked in the past about not recruiting the DMV. And I, and I want to mm-hmm. just get it out there that, you know, Nate Pollard's from the Richmond area, you know, and mm-hmm. he's uh, all defensive player. Chase Davis, you know, we know he's from the DMV and uh, he's an all rookie player. We've got Deshaun Phillip, who's an uh, was an all rookie player and now just got voted all conference thirteen. He's from Dunbar uh, High School in Baltimore. Um, Kevon Boyles, like I said, former Bayside Player of the Year. He's a local player, third on our team in scoring. So, you know, that's three or four DMV guys right there that, that are making big-time uh, plays for us and a big part of what we're doing. So, And then we've got guys from New York, and we've got Cali guys, and we've got a little bit of everything. So uh, we love the DMV. We want to be a program that recruits this area um, aggressively. We feel like there's a lot of talent there. <laughs> and uh, – and I think that you see what we're building here, being a program that didn't play last year, they, we were, and being picked dead last in the country, and, and sitting here talking about being one of the more competitive, having one of the yes, more sir. competitive seasons in the most nice. more recent years, you know, the credit to our team, you know, and our guys. We, we were top 10 in, in the country in three defensive categories, steals per game, steals percentage, and turnovers force. This team gets after it. They're gritty. They're hungry. And uh, they're the type of program that you're going to want to rally behind and Hopefully we can keep these guys here and, and start building this thing and, and put Mountain East and Shore in a place where it needs to be. You know, we don't have football. We've got people around, alums like you guys, that want to see competitive basketball. We want to get past just the, the moral victories. We want to be a program that gets the victories and moves on and plays against the tournament. If we can do that this year, great. If not, that's what we're working for. Yeah, we're definitely. coming back. Trust me. We're we going to be there on campus. We're going to do this live. Oh, yeah, we're definitely. definitely. Shout out to my, and shout out to the former basketball players like Dre Newsom. Kevin Wallace, Reach Ray, Reese, yeah. yeah, Kevin Wallace, yeah. Uh, uh, T. Uh, Trotter, Reese, when we was uh, yeah, down sir. there at the show for our, our freshman year, we, that's who we was getting like pro looks back, and then we were down yeah, there. Yeah, So shout out to yeah. all those individuals, man. Uh, because yeah, Tyler Hines is coming out to to the game this weekend. Uh-huh. Uh, mm. Shout out to Pop Pops Haley, uh-huh. Haley who played here, who's gonna, who's uh, been a big time supporter of the program. So many guys have come back and, and, and uh, spoke to our guys and just been around awesome. and been supporters of the program and that's what it's all about man so much love to everybody and like we're, like i said we're trying to build this thing it, it, it's not going to happen with one person it's going to be a, a community of everybody being a part tim parham who 
played professionally. Oh, yeah, Tim. Yeah, I know Tim. Tim was there. Yeah. I remember Tim yeah, got there fresh meat. He got there. <laughs> the hook shot. The hook shot. So, so many great people, so many great names, uh, so many great players. And now we want to have some great teams. And I think that's the thing about Eastern Shore. It's been a lot of, you know, guys that have come through here and there's been some names and some, some – we want to put together more quality teams of talent to be able to go do some quality things together with some consistency, not just once every 25, 30 years. We want it to be a household name where it's something that you can feel proud about, wear a Hawk basketball shirt, and feel good about it. Oh, definitely. You made me smile. You made me smile, Coach. Heights Athletic Center. Yes, Heights Athletic Center. Exactly, right? Yes, I know sir. that's right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and, Coach, thanks for being on. We appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. Hopefully, again, like Ray said, we'll go down there and do, we can do this live. <laughs> Let's do it, man. All four, man. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you, Coach. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that was the UMES coach, man. You know, he's going to make us – Gonna make us proud, man. Coach Jason Crafton. He's gonna make us proud. I know it's, it's gonna be hard to be objective when we have all these other coaches. Because you know, I know, right? Coaches, <laughs> the HBCU coaches are amazing. You know what I'm saying? We, we've enjoyed having all of them on the show. Mm-hmm. And um, I, like I said, I think Norfolk is the favorite. They should be. They mm-hmm. gonna make some noise. But my heart still with you and me. Yes, you know, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Norfolk. They they, they, they real though, right? They, now, they real. They they Norfolk real. think Norfolk State. They definitely. Um, you look at that team, you see the way they played and kind of how they um, went through the MEAC, MEAC tournament, um, excuse me, conference this year. And you definitely say, man, that's a team that could, you know, that deserves to not be one of the first, you know, first four in. It should be a team that's in the regular yeah. 64. And you and I honestly believe they can get past the first weekend. Yeah. And to be honest with you, just like um, Coach Jones said, and even with uh, Coach Crafton stated too as well, the Yo, the Miac is, is is tougher than it's been in a long time, bro. Real yeah, talk. You know, Morgan State. You yeah, know, Morgan State is finished number two, finished number two. Nah, Howard did. Howard, how Morgan finished number three? Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, you have three three teams. Even, any of the, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking. Continue. Yeah, any of the top three teams in the Miac, they definitely can get get out of that first weekend. Yeah, you got UNC, even USC. Um, I think UNC uh, Central, Central was already too. Their record's pretty well in the uh, okay in the Miac. So I mean, to me, this is a a competitive a competitive Miac, and even I mentioned the the, the UConn game. Is that when they're going to these other venues, they're competing. Now I know it's like he said, like you're just getting, you know, it's just different of an environment. But still, if knowing that you competed with a team that's in the top 25 at that particular point in time, I don't know if they're still in the top 25. No, uh, they're not anymore, right? But knowing you compete with that type of squad, it lets you know that on your good day, you can compete with anybody. Yeah, it builds a sense of confidence, man, and that sense of confidence in anything you do in life is important. That's the building. That's the 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 building, the a little excuse me, a stepping stone to you be going on to better things and greater things. Yeah, and that's real talk. All right, so subscribe to our podcast <laughs> on Stitcher, Spotify, tune in on our radio and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also follow us on Twitter at uh, uh, at Urban Sports IG at Urban Sports Like our Urban Sports Facebook page as well. Make sure you subscribe to our. Uh, Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Empire at Empire uh, EmpireMedia.com. Um, and and this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Empire shows as well as other great content. Anyway, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Man, I appreciate this dope, this dope-ass MEAC show, man. HBCU show. I appreciate Coach Jones, uh, Coach Crafton. UMES, Norfolk State, some of the folks on the back end who helped set, this, set, up, set these interviews up. 
you know, I appreciate you all, man, because even the sharing the concept, we we appreciate everything. Yep, and big shout out to me for coming into the studio to do the show today. That's yeah, big amazing. shout out to Will T for That's coming amazing. into the studio and doing the show. Now I just got to go back outside, yeah, kick it with the, some of the fans. Yeah, nah, exactly. man, I mean, I mean, there's fans outside. Oh, they come, they, they, they coming for you? Nah, I mean, it was they a couple people you? that knew where the Yo, studio is. You know, they, hey, hey, put, 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 put your mask on, Shorty. Shorty, put your mask on, Shorty, when you walk out there. Say what you say, what you say, Will? Oh, say right, what you say, right? I just told him, I said, put his mask on when you walk out there. Absolutely, put absolutely. Mask up, Shorty. Go ahead. Absolutely. Walk, walk, to, walk to that moon, bro. Be <laughs> you like, got be, jokes. Behold. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Team. For ages. You dig? Deuces. Hey, man, leave us out, big homie.